Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Afternoon to you. Welcome back. Laurie and Julia show for your Wednesday here on My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. Holly Roberts and Shannon in for Laurie and Julia today. Tomorrow, Julia will return. And tomorrow, of course, we're doing a, a fun thing as we try to raise a bunch of money for a fabulous group of senior singers. And that is the choral group. Alive and kicking. We're going to do this all day long tomorrow. And here's what's going to happen. Each show will have two different packages to auction slash sell. Sweet tickets to sell to raise money. There will be a buy it now. Buy it now. And each of our shows will have 12 tickets to sell to the Katy Perry concert until they are gone. Mm, Plus... Each show will auction off an in-studio visit with each of the shows, and we'll start the bidding on those at $100. All right. Well, okay. I just want to mention that Katy Perry is only for Lori and Julia. Oh, it is? Yeah, oh, the oh other, I'm sorry. I made yeah, a mistake. So the other shows, I'll tell you who they're auctioning off. They all have a buy it now option yeah. for Sweet. So Jason and Alexis, they are doing the Sam Smith concert, okay. and that's okay. going to be August 14th. So mark your calendars for that one. Also, Marley and Donna, they will be auctioning off uh, tickets to a Minnesota Wild game. That's December 14th. Colleen and Bradley are auctioning off tickets for the Lord concert at the XL Energy Center on March 23rd. And of course, Lori and Julia are going to Katy Perry. So which is the buy it now? Is it buy it now? Those are all the concerts are buy it now. All the concerts are not Correct. bidding. They're buy it now. They're buy it now. Okay, Correct. Now the it. bids are for the in studio sit-ins. Yes. And, and ah, every show okay. is going to have that. So right. during that show, when the bidding starts, you can call our number, but don't call us now. Call us tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> we will gladly accept your call tomorrow. Uh, and then that starts at uh, the bidding starts at one hundred dollars, and bid increments are twenty five dollars. Nice. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So it's all going for a live and kicking. And if you have not seen them they're spectacular and also each of the shows will be talking to a member of alive and Kickin'. that's right and we're going to talk to a member of alive and kicking at 3 15 tomorrow we're right talk to chuck tomorrow oh that's <laughs> great all right so one of the big headlines i noticed is trending on twitter this morning it's get out get out the movie was trending this morning and i'm like why is this trending this movie came out back in february well there is some controversy surrounding the film's golden globe contention category so people were upset this morning that jordan peele's movie get out was submitted to the golden globes for best music musical or comedy people were not having it people were like that is not a musical that is not a comedy <laughs> and so the twitter verse just blew yes. up and people were upset about this but there's really much ado about nothing about right. it right yeah, i mean yeah. true yeah so even jordan peele himself the writer and director of the movie he said he joked 
that Get Out is a documentary. Right. <laughs> you know, and I, I agree with him. They, yeah. As I, a lady of a certain shade that has dated an occasional lighter shade, I <laughs> find it to be well a documentary. That is why I do not go to the Hamptons. And when they, <laughs> if they ask me to visit their family, I'm like, oh, no, I need to send up a beacon first. You're I'm like, okay, let's anywhere. go to our local Starbucks and yeah, <laughs> exactly. where we can have a non-committal uh, meeting. Yes. Uh, what your idea, is your dad a weird owl uh, scientist dude? Because right. I'm not going. Right. Uh, and so, you know, this whole thing was my if you saw get out trending you know it's one of those things where i get why get out was submitted to the golden globes for best musical or comedy it was strictly a marketing yes of strategy. because you if know? you look at the, the who the if you look at why they put it in here I was looking at who they think it's going to square off against. Mm-hmm. So they're saying it's what? Uh, okay. If it's going to have uh, Hugh Jackman from The Greatest Showman. I didn't see that. It has, not it's not, not even out yet. Yeah. yeah. See, The Big Sick, The Disaster Artist, Downsizing, and then Battle of the Sexes. Okay. That's a comedy? If, no, well, see, uh, see, see that's that, what I'm saying. See, then again, this whole idea of the category, well, even then the Golden Globes that they divided into best motion picture drama, best motion picture comedy or musical. It's always kind of iffy. I mean, remember I last year when The Martian won best motion picture musical or comedy see? starring Matt Damon? Mm-hmm. I laughed it, until I cried. <laughs> Oh, so you're saying that that was accurate. Yeah. That was accurate. But it's just, it's, you know, it's it's very arbitrary, and I get what they were trying to do. Martian was actually two years ago. Two years okay. ago? Last year was La La Land. La La Land? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. All right. That's yeah. definitely a musical. Yeah. All right. yes. you're right. Okay. All right. No well, drama. Yeah. No controversy. Well, I already right. forgot about La La Land. Well, <laughs> but in 2013, the winner was that riotous movie, American Hustle. Right. Uh, exactly. Yeah, so, I, you know, I think that best musical or comedy, that category is often where all the movies that really don't fit into serious hard drama go so if it has right. any kind of nuance maybe it's a you know it is like the martian it is like uh what was the one that you said american hustle, american yeah. hustle yeah that movie was not funny no, no it wasn't supposed to be it wasn't supposed to be funny <laughs> but i mean maybe it was weird i don't know i i didn't really care for that movie but Again, it's not a big deal, people. It's okay. Jordan Peele doesn't think it's a big deal. He doesn't. Most no. people care. don't think it's if a big deal. If anybody would no. find it amusing, it would be Jordan Peele. He's not like, call yeah. what you want. Yeah. Give me an award. Yeah, right. Was. Exactly. He's like, yeah, I, I will take that. I will also take your Oscar nominations. I will also take your Oscar while He's you're going to be so drunk yeah. at the Golden Globes. <laughs> oh, it's my God. Be, yeah. That's the only reason I still watch that show is because they still drink at that one and people will like forget to come back from the bathroom and miss cues. I like that drunk show. Drunk celebrities yes. and fancy dresses. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what we want from our award shows. That's a good party. That is mm-hmm. a good party. Well, up next, speaking of a good party, it's Donnie's random thoughts oh, today. Boy, be afraid. Be very <laughs> oh, afraid. Very af- the radio home of, oh, it's that one guy from that one show. My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. You know, I saw this story the other day. Do you ever notice that? You know, sometimes I wonder what would happen if. And now. Julia's random thoughts. He looks like that puppet. I don't know. He's had cheeky implants. It's just random. That's all it is. Oh, Donnie's getting random today. Put a lot of work into this. I want you to know. Okay. okay. Yeah. Hours of research. Yes. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, let's see. A new survey asked more than 1,000 people which of their relatives is most likely to get hammered at Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> And here are the results. One of my favorite notes here is that the, the numbers add up to more than 100% because in a lot of families, there's more than one good answer. All right. Number one, who's going to get hammered at Thanksgiving dinner? The number can, one choice can we guess? is... Can we guess? Yes, please do. I'm going to guess grandma. Nope. 
No. I was going to vote mom. No, no. <laughs> oh. no it's, it's your uncle. Oh, your okay. uncle's going to get hammered. Yeah, because your uncle's just sitting there and yeah. not doing anything. Not doing anything. Yeah. Not helping no. in any way. No. Number two is one of your cousins. Just one. Just one. One of your cousins. The other is going have... to be sober. I don't know. <laughs> number three, your brother. Uh-huh. Number four, your dad. And coming in at number five, it'll be you. Okay, I was going to say me because my family's too small. We need to give, well, what this survey tells me is that we need to give men some things to do on Thanksgiving. Like what? Like make a side or, you know, watch the turkey, cook in the oven, rake some leaves. I just think that they just don't know that all of us moms are in the kitchen with the mimosas Mm. while we're we're cooking. (laughs) We're just quiet. Base drink, base drink. Exactly. According to Vice.com, just two years ago, payphones, they still exist. Payphones across the country still made a lot of money. $286 million. Every payphone pulls in around $236 per year, which means they at least get a few calls. I can't even remember the last time I saw a payphone. Right. I don't know. No. The mm-hmm. last time I saw one, I assumed that it was just a makeshift urinal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, isn't that what they're used for? I, I, honestly, the last time I probably used a payphone, when I, it was probably maybe when I was in middle school and I was calling my parents to pick me up from pick a movie. Up? Yeah. yeah. That's, they're still that, around. They are still around. Not many of them. So if anybody, if any of the my talkers know where one is, we at least go by and take a photo of it. Yeah. yeah. Because one of these days, what is this? Yeah. I got to get in one now. Give it a thumbs up. (laughs) Right. Let's take another look at the great debate that has been going on for decades. Who gets the armrests on an airplane? Oh, yeah. According to a new survey, a new survey, the majority of Americans do not think the person in the middle seat automatically should get the armrests on both sides. Only 42% say that the person deserves them both. 58% do not think that is the case. So you get the one to your... The most common answer is that everyone is entitled to one armrest. And since that leaves one left over, it should go to the person who puts their arm on it first. (laughs) (laughs) Well, isn't that that. true, though? I just tend to keep myself closed in and I don't use any armrests. No, I I use them as a barrier. Yeah, it's a a barrier. Mm -hmm. It's a a shield against somebody. But what I really can stand is when the person who's using the armrest also has the elbow that's leaking over into my seat. I'm like, look, man, I'm trying to be accommodating to you. You have the armrest already. Right. Please understand that you are in my space and it is really annoying me. <laughs> it's really annoying me right Remind now. Me do you ever say anything? You. Yeah, do you yeah but Donnie, it would be fine if it was you because I knew I know you. Oh, okay. No, I'm too Minnesotan to say anything. Right, too Minnesota. You don't like just like do the, the elbow version of thumb wrestling and just push them a little just a little. Well what I well what I will do. Have you ever gone nudge, nudge. Have you ever gone into an airplane and then you sit down next to a stranger and they haven't put down the armrest, and then you have to be the one who awkwardly puts down the armrest. Yeah. I don't even consider that, that awkward. This is just like this is my line. I slam it like, down like it's like like when I'm yeah. at the grocery store. I'm like, this is mine. Click. Yes. I'm at. But who I, leaves it up? Why would you leave it up if you're well, going to be sitting next to a stranger? That's true. If you're yeah. sitting next to your, your girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever, then yeah, you put the armrest up so you can have a little closeness. See, you right? guys, that's, that's I fine. always presume that it's somebody that doesn't know how planes work. And so <laughs> they just didn't occur to them that there should be an armrest down. And so maybe I'm not giving I'm giving them too much credit because I, I always just sit down like, 
Oh, you didn't know how this yeah. works, right? Yeah. <laughs> like it's, okay. it's just a, it's there, a smooth motion yeah. when I do it. Here's mm. my favorite part of the survey. 54% say the polite way to get out of the row if someone is sleeping is to climb <laughs> over them. Okay? But, but, double entendre there. They say you should climb over face to face where you basically straddle them to get out. Please do not climb out with your butt in their face. No, butt in face. Butt in face. Yeah, because most people can't turn around. There's not enough room these days. I cannot make awkward eye contact and have that person's eyes directly into my crotch, Donnie. They're sleeping. Their eyes aren't open. Do you know that they're sleeping? That's what it said right there. I'm short, so I kind of feel like what I'm doing is I'm just putting my my testicles directly into their face. If I turn around, I would rather have them get a little bit of the chair. But then, you know, but, you know, I'm, I would rather just try to stay the, as far away from them as possible and scooch the booty by and go to do my Here's business. a question for you two. Are you a window person or an aisle person? Window. Aisle. That's because you're tall. That's right. I stick yeah, my right. leg out I'm until tiny. the train comes down the aisle. Yep. I'm tiny. I just want to get in my little cave over no. in the corner and just next to the, no. the side of the cabin and be left alone. Always the aisle for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So what do you do, huh? I'm an aisle person. Yeah. I don't like to put my butt in other people's faces. I never. So that's I have the only issue. in the, his, uh, I go on, I, I fly fairly often. I rarely have to get up. I plan ahead. I, I get on. I, I, I enter the plane as close to takeoff as possible. I make sure I take a visit to the ladies and the facilities before I go on. I try to plan ahead and I get in my little nook next to the window and I just because hunker I, in. I, 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 hunker I, am, in. I, I am one of those people who gets on board the plane as soon as possible because no. well because because Why? you just have to sit on the plane yes. because, I, because I want my carry-on bag to be in the seat up above me no. in the overhead bin I, you, I need you know that. what I, I never, like to do? I never check bags. Here's what I, I don't check, check bags, bags, but if you get on last, a lot of times they check your bag for free. That's true. Because you guys hogged up all That's the right. space. I've done that. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but I don't want to I don't even want to bother with that, though, because that I'm means I have now. to go down however, the bag. However, okay. however, you know, I know yeah. some country announces that is uh-huh. going to be changing. Hmm. They are going to charge you to bring a bag for the overhead. They are going to charge you for that well, bag. Well, they do that on spirit, and so I'm kind of used to that. They are. If you do that one time, like there was a good, I went to Chicago on spirit once and so just the process i still had to like pay for my overhead but the process of trying to actively think about how i could get it into being a personal item Oh, was if it's very, under the seat? Yes, because if it's a person, like, so my process, I'm like, I'm only going to be in Chicago for three days. So I picked like the wrap dresses that I could roll. I made myself only pick one pair of shoes that was versatile. I wore my sneakers. Like it, yeah. the process was very freeing. Yeah. Well, Ayo, I, I got good about it. I'm going to see how many t-shirts I can layer at the yeah, same time. Right. And I'm going to be the person walking around <laughs> yeah, right. dressed with like 10 t-shirts. like the Michelin tire Yeah, man. I can't move my arms. Guinness Book of World <laughs> Records. What? Come and sit next to me. Uh, I think we have time for one more here. Yes, okay. According to another, hey, it's a survey. We Mm -hmm. never get any of surveys. Uh, According to a survey, we spend an average of one hour and 17 minutes every day when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Watching YouTube videos or TV shows when we're at work. Oh. <laughs> Give me this more. Yeah. Based on the average salary, whatever that is, that means you're getting paid over $8,000 a year to watch TV at work. Good for oh, us. Oh, good for, I mean, <laughs> look, I know my propensity of watching YouTube videos, and I'm glad that I have selected a career where that is not only encouraged, but rewarded. Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yes. Uh, and also, I just spend lots of hours in my times of leisure watching YouTube videos because you fall down the hole. Exactly. You go down, and then you're like, I am watching Soviet-era propaganda mm-hmm. animated from the 1960s. How did I, I end up there? I use YouTube for everything now. I decided yeah. that my son and I needed some relaxation sound noise at night yes. so i'm all like go to youtube i'm all like look rain and thunderstorms i'm on it i'm not buying anything so <laughs> okay <laughs> 10 lastly, hours of rain <laughs> lastly yeah blake shelton sexiest man alive yada 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 uh but uh here are some other sexiest body parts okay <laughs> sexiest eyes went to bradley cooper okay okay, okay. all right yeah sure. sexiest arms to jason momoa Aquaman. Mm, Ooh, okay. okay. Yeah. Sexiest yeah. chest, Daniel Day Kim. I don't know how. Oh, oh okay. That. From Hawaii oh, Five-0. yeah. Okay, I'm good All with right, that. Yeah. Sexiest butt, Kit Harrington from Game of Thrones. I don't remember I don't, his butt I, don't, at all. Yeah, I know I there was a Game of Thrones about episode, his butt. but the, right. the internet got very excited when they showed his butt. So, okay. And uh, sexiest hair, for some reason, went to Andy Cohen. I don't know why that oh, was. Really? Okay. I guess. You're missing one part, Donnie. We oh, don't no. talk about that. No. Uh, this is a G-rated show. Yeah, that's and right. I don't want your ah, vote, Kenny. Here. That's true. <laughs> Sexiest elephant trunk. <laughs> oh my gosh! Really? Really? Ghost Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for sharing. Yeah, thanks. For- <laughs> and now for something completely different. <laughs> oh, Kenny's traffic. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, what just happened there? Welcome back to Lori and Julia here on My Talk 1071 Everything Entertainment. My name is Holly. I'm here with Miss Shannon and Donnie today. And just want to remind everyone that we will be doing Guess the Celebrity Voice at 5 o'clock. So we will be playing you a celebrity voice. You guess it. And the first one to guess it correctly will be winning a pair of tickets to, I believe, the Cirque du Soleil show that's happening at Mystic Lake, right? Oh, nice. Uh, it's a Cirque Dreams Holidays at Mystic Lake on Thursday evening, November 30th. Fun, fun, fun. So listen for that at 5 o'clock. But in the meantime, we're going to shift gears a little bit and we're going to talk about Terry Crews. So Terry Crews was on Good Morning America this morning, and he has come forward and named his sexual assaulter. Remember, Terry Crews, he came out right around the time that the Harvey Weinstein story broke, and he went on Twitter and said that he was sexually assaulted at a Hollywood party. He wasn't naming names at the time, but now he is. And so he was telling his story to Michael Strahan this morning. So let's uh, hear Terry Crews' story in his own words. First of all, um, you know, back in February 2016, I was assaulted by Adam Vennett, who is the head of the motion picture department at William Morris Endeavor, one of the biggest agencies in the world, period. And uh, what was wild is that my wife and I were at an event for, with Adam Sandler. And, uh, you know, the, the thing is, he's also Adam Sandler's agent. He's Sylvester Stallone's agent. He's Eddie Murphy's agent. And, you know, 
he's connected to you know probably everyone I know in the business. And now this is the thing. I did not know this man. So you did not know him before this? I have never had a conversation with him, ever. Okay, I knew of him, and I knew just because it's a it's an agency thing, but I, I the mm. first time I ever actually had an interaction with him was at this event. And I literally, I'm looking at him, and he's basically staring at me, and he's sticking his tongue out, and you know, it's overt, just overtly sexual kind of uh, uh, tongue moves. And I'm sitting there like, it's a party, it's packed, the whole thing. And I'm looking like, is this a joke? I mean, I don't, I don't understand. It was actually so bizarre. And he keeps coming over to me. He comes over to me. I stick my hand out, and he literally takes his hand and puts it and squeezes my genital. And I, I'm jump back like, hey, hey. And, and he's like, and he's still licking his tongue out and all this stuff. And I go, dude, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then he comes back again. And he just won't stop. And I, I, then I really got forceful, pushed him back. He bumps into all the other party goers, the whole thing. And he starts giggling and laughing. And let me tell you, Mike, I have never felt more emasculated, more objectified. I was horrified. I went over to Adam right then and there, and I'm Adam, man, come get your boy. What is the what? What is his problem? And so you know what? And he Adam was looking. Wife, and your wife is with you. My wife is right there. Now let me say he was acting so weird and so strange that I put myself between him and my wife because I, I with this tongue thing, I was I, I couldn't understand. Let me tell you, it's so bizarre. I wake up every morning wondering, did this really happen? Michael or uh, the, Terry Crews, right? Yeah, Terry Crews in his own words. I mean, it, it was a, a, a serious incident. Yeah, yes. and he and you know he felt he was violated by mm-hmm. this guy, and you know he will speak uh, to uh, this. And let's uh, hear Terry Crews continue to talk. And uh, Michael Strahan asks Terry what uh, he hopes comes of all this telling his story publicly and also going to the police because Terry Crews has filed a police report with the Los Angeles Police Department right. about this incident. You know. People need to be held accountable, Mike. This is the deal about Hollywood. And it's it's an abuse of power. This is abuse. This guy, again, he's one of the most powerful men in Hollywood. And he looked at me at the end as if, you know, who's going to believe you? So you didn't think anybody would believe you if you came forward? Last year? No. No. Actually, I let it go. Actually, I put it in the back of my head, and I understood why women everywhere had to let it go. But let me tell you, when the Weinstein thing started happening, I got PTSD. I was going, oh my God, this exact thing happened to me. I understand why they won't come forward. And I'm going to tell you, a lot of times people go, well, why didn't you come forward sooner? But this is the thing, when a, when a person of power breaks that boundary and violates that boundary, you're a prisoner of war. Immediately, you're in a camp because you're trying to figure out when is the right time to come out. When the guard turns their head, when they leave a door open, you're digging tunnels with spoons and you're trying to find a way out and you get out and then you finally find freedom and somebody says, well, it must not be that bad. Uh, You should have came out sooner. You're like, I'm free. I finally got free. And this is the thing that a lot of people just don't understand and they end up blaming the victim. And I have totally said, I will not be shamed. I will not be shamed. I did nothing wrong. Nothing. And the whole deal is people are like, well, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? You know what? Why don't you ask what he's doing? Why, is not, why isn't Adam Bennett sitting here right now? Yeah, right. Interesting. Wow. And I think that so much of what we're learning about it is that it was a culture where yeah. they go, this inappropriate behavior 
was normalized and it was just accepted. Right. And, and then, it's a person of power. So how yeah. are you going to call that person who is probably one of the most powerful people in Hollywood and they're doing this to you? Who do you go to? Who do you feel safe Who's to? Who's going to champion your right. cause? You know, and yeah. so then, you know, it, and, and especially when it's this situation where so like, if they're already talking, then you worry about, well, how will I be perceived? Right. Versus going, well, wait a minute, you're supposed to go. It just seems like this stuff had been just so pervasive mm-hmm. that, you know, and I think we, you know, we all have our own stories. We all have people that we've dealt with where you go. Well, I want to complain or I've complained to this person, but what has it actually done? Right. You know, you know, what is is, is there a backlash that's going to happen to me? Mm-hmm. So why am I going to bother to say anything, even though I know that it's terrible? Exactly. You know? so. Well, and uh, Terry Crews goes on to talk about how he felt empowered to share his story and uh, be public with it after the Harvey Weinstein scandal broke. And you and you wrote that you wrote that tweet a few days after Harvey Weinstein's story broke. Exactly. So so you felt empowered by everyone else's stories. I did. That let you step out of the darkness, if you want to say. Let me tell you, I did. I was a keynote speaker at this place called Center for Community Solutions that dealt with relationship violence, sexual assault. And I heard all these stories from all these women who were just who had finally get strength from each other's stories. And they came out and I said, man, what kind of man would I be? to tell my kids, if someone touches you where you don't want to be touched, tell someone, tell someone, and then I don't do it. And let me tell you something, it freed me. I knew instantly that I had to tell my story so that other people could be free. And I didn't even name names. I was just in support of these women because they were called liars. They were called, they were like, you're just looking for a payday. You're doing it. And I was like, this is not what this is about. Your, your dream is like a child. What you're trying to do, your dreams, goals, aspirations is just as valuable as your children. And, and when someone binds up your dream and holds a gun to his head and says it's going to kill it, if you don't do this, if you don't stay quiet, if you don't do this, it's, hot, it's a hostage situation. You are dealing with a terrorist. And I have my dream. I've worked so hard for this. What can I say? It's one of those things. I survived the NFL. I got the entertainment. I'm here. And I get assaulted by my own agent? It makes it makes no sense, and it was filed to the core, and it still still shocks me. He's speaking to that, and we've heard this time and again, and I think that we've heard this with a lot of uh, with the comedians who have come out to speak uh, uh, with their incidences with Louis C.K. Right? You know, their their careers are on the line, right? If they talk about these kinds of things. And the other reason why I think it's uh, really good that he was able to share this story is because uh, when he goes back to where you're talking about where you blame the victim, there are lots of people that go, well, this woman took this role, so she's sexualized herself. When it doesn't matter, it's still a matter of that was a job. This is what I've chosen to do. That doesn't mean that it it makes this behavior acceptable. And I think that he has the male version of that because they're like, Mm -hmm. well, he was in this Old Spice commercial or he did this or he's right. He had a shirt off. And, and, commercial, and right. so like so clearly he he wants it. No, no they're not asking no. for it, and you're still inappropriate, and you can't do this. It's still assault. Exactly. Well, we're glad that Terry Crews is uh, sharing his story with us, and I'm glad that he's going uh, to the LAPD too mm-hmm. and following through with this. So, didn't you say uh, that the, this person that assaulted him has been? De- uh, suspended or something yes, from, the yes. agency, from the agency? Yes, this man has been suspended from William Morris Endeavor. And that happened a couple weeks ago. His okay. name is Adam Venet, So he is uh, suspended right now. And mm-hmm. he's the head of their motion picture department. That's a big darn deal. Yeah, very big. In Hollywood, yeah. very powerful position. Mm-hmm. So we shall see what his future is at WME. Well, maybe get back. We got a Hollywood speak. <laughs> 
some stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah you stuff. know, I'm ready. Some stuff, okay. all right, yeah. All right. Mm. Okay. <laughs> the radio home of, did you hear the new single? My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. So, what are you trying to say? Hollywood! Hollywood speaking! What is the meaning of this? All right, we're going to Hollywood speak. Somebody who says that they hate playing characters called beautiful. That person would be Amber Heard. Who is beautiful? Who is beautiful. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. It's just okay. note, noted beauty. Mm-hmm. Amber Heard hates playing characters that are called beautiful. Now, she's on the cover of Allure's December issue, and she says that she's given up on reading for characters described only as beautiful or enigmatic. So she's saying that when the description comes back, Yes. And they go, she, Miss Elaine, you know, she's a beautiful 20-something-year-old. Then that's it's in doing the it. trash. Right. Okay. In the trash. Go. She doesn't want to be considered for those roles. She told her agents, if you see characters being described in that way, throw those scripts in the trash. All right. Well, fair All right, enough. That's probably good for her. Mm-hmm. You know, I could see why that, I mean, it, if you are her and you want, because you know, right now I feel like people are not remembering her for any specific roles she's trying to make a pivot correct yeah. so she's going to have to take those like when Shirley uh, Theron did monster right yeah. yes it has Good to point. be something that stands yeah. out yes mm-hmm. if we are going yeah. to remember her for anything other than she was with Johnny Depp and because uh-huh. that's what we know her for now so right. I understand career decision why she would do oh that. and she's totally pivoting in this article because she definitely makes it a point to say that when I was growing up my friends had in sync posters and I collected feminist propaganda from World War II. Okay, all right. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> huzzah to the lady. I am a serious actor. Yeah. I don't have time for Joey Fatone. Are you kidding me? I don't have time for Justin Timberlake's ramen noodle hair. By the way, come see Aquaman. Yes, come see when it comes yeah. out I'll next year. Be in well, you Aquaman. know what? It's so interesting that people feel like they have to box themselves in that certain way. There is space in this world to both enjoy in sync and also be interested in World War II history. They're not mutually exclusive you can enjoy both of those things and unfortunately i don't think that they you know unfortunately for her yeah. i understand why she's doing this but i, I it, we i don't want her, uh women to think that beautiful is a bad word right you know yes, i think exactly. that beautiful has a lot of different uh, you know appropriately positive things with it as well yes so acting like saying that you are beautiful you know yo you don't want people to only judge you by you know physical standards Mm -hmm. but what's wrong with being both right you you can be a beautiful and all of these things as well and who is she to judge her peers by by saying well i was in the women's rights and they just had (laughs) insane posters don't don't talk to your about put your peers down like that like you're better than them well right but again i think that there's space for both of those things because i think of all the women that i grew up with all of my wonderful amazing smart intelligent girlfriends that i still uh hang out with and we there were spaces for all of that stuff right growing up it wasn't one or the other and so hopefully as we move forward in hollywood we can create those spaces where dynamic women exist you can be multifaceted exactly we will get there eventually yes well let's talk about amber heard's ex elon (laughs) musk he said so sad yeah he's talking about his breakup with amber heard and he said i just broke up with my girlfriend i was really in love and it hurt bad well she broke up with me more than i broke up with her i think I think. <laughs> and he's been in severe emotional pain since they broke up in August. And he said it took every ounce of will to be able to do the Model 3 event and not look like the most depressed guy around. 
He's had lots of just bad, like, <laughs> really bad days recently. You Why know, is he like, telling us this? Uh, well, because Rolling Stone asked. Yeah, oh, okay. because he's like, exactly. He's, a, he's yeah. on the cover on the of cover, Rolling yeah. Stone, yeah. and uh, he said that. Uh, He's also looking for somebody to date. So, hey, any interested parties and maybe going on a rocket ship to Mars? Well, I would just be using the man because I would want to go on the rocket ship. Yes. Well, you know, duh, of, of course. Oh, yes. I know. And he said he's looking for a long-term relationship. He doesn't want a one-night stand. Sorry, Miss Shannon. Uh, I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game. And you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. And he's, It wouldn't even be a one-night stand. I would really like, do you want to go see a movie with me and then I want to get on your rocket ship? Like, oh, well, that yeah. could be, be taken honest. a lot of different I'd ways. Be, yeah, when, you, when he says <laughs> get on his rocket yeah. ship, what exactly I, are we talking about yeah. there? Oh, I hope he means well, the same one as hey. me. So. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what? <laughs> yeah, which, yeah. We, we're not any clearer on yeah. that. No, not. <laughs> well, he's looking for a serious companion or a soulmate, that kind of thing. So if you're interested in be, being Elon Musk's soulmate... He's he's open for suggestion. The pensive no. creator. Yeah. All right. Shaping so. our future with his <laughs> sad, sad, broken heart. Aw. And his super trains and spaceships and yes, cars. All right. So Kevin Spacey, uh, we're going to Hollywood speak this. Kevin Spacey's contract may keep Netflix from doing House of Cards without him. This is the story. They're saying that that contract uh, means that uh, an unnamed source says that Spacey's contract doesn't have a morality clause, which means he's unable to be suspended or terminated from the series as a result of being an abusive human being. And sources suggest that Spacey's contract states he can only be fired from the series should he become, quote, unavailable or, quote, incapacitated. Well, they're stuck. Yeah. You know, that's what the contract says. He's been in Hollywood for how many years that by the time he got here, that seems like one of those standard things in a lot Uh of contracts that he, the fact that his attorneys know to read through that and go, take that out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Take that That out. Well, and again, like like I said at the top of the dirt alert, we did talk about this story, but it's like, I think that his attorneys totally understood that Kevin Spacey was a super creep. And so they're going through this contract and saying, okay, we need to get rid of this morality clause. We need to get rid of this because Kevin Spacey, known creep to Mm -hmm. a lot of people in private. Something might eventually come out. Exactly. And we need to safeguard his career. Yes. Well, good luck with that because he doesn't really have a career anymore. Now, Holly, you and I talked about this yesterday after the show that Uh maybe these studios, production companies will now want to insist on having a morality clause in their contracts. Yeah. I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second. Okay. Okay. I'm the actor. What do you mean by morality? Define that. Sure. Well, and then they would define morality in in the contract, and it would be laid out what they mean. It would have mean, to be very specific. specifically yeah. defined. Yeah, it would have to be. I it, yeah, I as, think that. I it's, don't think an actor would just accept. Oh yeah, morality clause, fine, check. I think an they actor that didn't have specific. a bunch of Scott. You know, well, I understand what you're saying uh-huh. that you don't want them to. You, you would think that, you know, I feel like as a, a regular human being that I should be able to sign something like that because there wouldn't be anything. But I understand right. what, what, what Donnie is, is, mm-hmm. is saying is that then does it become a matter of semantics where somebody picks something and goes, I don't like the fact that you got divorced. I find that 
immoral. Right. So you are now fired. Well, and it will have to get probably really nitpicky like that if they decided to move forward with that, because obviously this has become a liability. Right. And this is becoming an insurance liability. This is becoming a liability so much that, you know, House of Cards, that production shuts down. It's impacting thousands of jobs because not only is it the crew and cast of House and Cards, it's the production companies. It's also all the people who are in Maryland who are supporting that production. I mean, that's that's one of the things that I always feel is underestimated about uh, Hollywood projects is that they happen in a vacuum. Nothing (laughs) happens in a vacuum and that Hollywood employs thousands upon thousands of people. This is a business and people's livelihoods are being affected by creepazoids like Kevin Spacey. Yes. So who's more important? The industry, you know, and allowing that these Mm -hmm. people to continue whatever they're doing, because that is the culture. Are we willing to just kind of let a a number of things get torn apart so that we can rebuild it and have a proper, safe environment? Right. Well, and Hollywood has a lot of those questions to ask itself. Uh, James Cameron's Titanic (laughs) has landed a 20th anniversary re-release in theaters. Mm. Now, right? So this is- <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Yeah, so this is happening, Donnie. Uh, mm. This movie is going to begin its exclusive one-week week run beginning December 1st. It will be shown both in 2D and in 3D. And the movie is the number two grossing film of all time, $2.19 billion. And if you're interested in seeing Titanic in the theaters, again, if you want to relive the misery, <laughs> tickets go on sale today. So Maybe. you can go. Maybe we're being that. too jaded and cynical about this. Oh, no. Maybe. No, 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 no. I mean, that oh. is a depressing movie. It is. That's, but I, I don't want to watch people plummet, plummet, plummet <laughs> to their icy, Freezing cold water. death. But, but, okay, maybe this is what we do. We try to change the experience. Maybe what we do is we go, because now theaters, they have wine. So we go, we have a couple of you know glasses of wine, and then we watch it in 3D, because then we can have a scientific d- discussion of like, look, there's plenty of room on that door. She should scoot over. Jack would yes, fit. I, I, you know, I, there's lots of things that yeah. we can dis- explore. I mean, are we going to make it into 3D? ice vision? I'm going to run through the aisles and throw ice at people? Yes, so let's turn it into like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Like a William Castle. Sing it, Celine, sing I love the movie nitpickers that actually are still discussing. There was room on that door. There was room on that door, there Donnie. Was. There's a yeah. plot problem here. There yes. is a plot problem. There was room on that door, and she was being selfish. Yes. All right. right. Are we going to play out with this? I think we should. Oh, oh, oh we could do that. Yeah. yeah. All right. So when we get back, 13 million people watch Netflix in this surprising location. So find out where after the break. And we also want to know where is the weirdest place you've watched Netflix. I love you, Holly and Donnie. Love you so much. Yes, that's me singing. (laughs) Draw me like one of your girls, Miss Shannon. Yes. Yes. Yes.